that are joining us online for various different reasons, meaning staff Christmas, meaning COVID-19 concerns. We're so glad that you could join us for, uh, again, Merry Christmas. Well, it actually happened. It happened. I completed the dissertation. It was accepted. It is now being uh, processed and published. Um, and uh, it's been official. And I actually need to do something here this morning to say thank you. And in order to do that, it's something that I did in our staffing, something that I did before our elders, um, that I absolutely must do for you. And it's found in the early parts of um, my dissertation. And the first off is the acknowledgement. Um, this needs to be public. This needs to be more you're probably not going to read 352 pages. So I need to say thank you because you're probably not going to read this. To my beloved wife, it's Stacy. Stacy, if you're watching, thank you for not only loving and supporting me in life, but for joining me in my commitment to lifelong learning. Joining me, earning your master's degree in counseling at the same time I'm pursuing seeing this doctor. You're amazing. Because I could not have done this without you. 
He's going to say, you could not do this for me. I want to show up. But I could not have done this without the whole church that you are. So given my history, my academic history, this is absurd. You guys know that I, I have learned disability. I could not learn from being. I was the special head of the fifth grade. He tried to teach me to read, but I had another problem called ADHD. Attention deficit disorder. But it's not just a, a point of memory. In second grade, Mrs. Van Baylor's class. When I was supposed to be doing a workshop, I could not stand it. I was far I skin. So I take my number to pencil and I press that card in four seconds. And I get up and walk those 15 steps over to the desk. Back then, and those 30 or so seconds when I walk those 15 steps back to my desk, you can tell me those 15 steps in the direction and those 30 seconds of the instructor got my question. And then when it was time for the lecture, I'm going to tell you all, I can show you even in my seminary notebook. I was supposed to be listening to the lecture. I didn't do it or do it. That's the truth. I kind of started to curtail that, or I would not have done this. But the point is this this could not have happened to a guy like me. With a person deficit disorder. And yes, and yes, great things. Things, important things, profitable things happen when I beat down the ADD, the attention deficit disorder, and I focus in on the meaningful hard work right in front of me. Great things. That's another interesting thing about my last three things. I actually suffer from a spiritual form of ADD as well. And it's not always specific ideology, breaking God's rules. It's just distraction. There's so many profitable things I can do about, but I sometimes work for things distraction in my spiritual space. But here again, great things, important things, profitable things, happen spiritually. If I just Focus in, do the hard work, and pay attention to the spiritual work right in front of you. And I'm guessing this is true of you. Any ADD people out there, any spiritual ADD people who know what you should be doing, don't be pressing the inside of Christ. You know, you know what it would be that would be spiritually profitable. And yet there's so many other things. And let's admit sometimes we actually want to discuss. This is part two of a two-part series on uh, uh, two texts. Second Peter chapter one, verses 16 to 21. You go, wait a second, we didn't do that two weeks ago or last week. No, we didn't. We did part one, which was the same exact this happens to be part two. So if you have your Bibles, um, if not, you look up here. We're going to actually reread 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 to 21, and then we're going to look at two or three more key important things. And it's just going to go 
of things that we uncovered during Christmas Eve service. But here's what it says. For we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we make known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, but we were with him on the holy night. Begins with thoughts. 
And the fact that it's present and active, you're doing the action. You're responsible. You take care of your own ADD. And it's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to pay attention and to focus in. The word can also mean to meditate or to dwell. And that's what he says here in verse 19, so that you will do well to pay attention to. Now, there's many parallel texts throughout the scriptures that, that uh, support the same exact line of reasoning, one of my favorites, of which there's several of them in this message. But Psalm 1, what a great psalm, what a great place to begin at the new year is in the Psalms, in the beginning of Psalm 1. From the outset, Psalm 1, 1 through 2, listen to what the psalmist says. Black. Blessed, that means in the Hebrew and in the Greek. Happy, full, content, full. Blessed. And not just that you are blessed, but you don't acknowledge it, but you actually feel blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the house of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight in the Hebrew affects. Or long, and it's like hungering after his perfection. The light is the law, and the law of the Lord that's a synonym for the scriptures. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates. The Hebrew word Kada. Kada is to dwell upon. To dwell upon. And he does this today. Let me give the bottom line up front, and we'll unpack it and make three more statements. Here's the bottom line. Okay, pay attention. Pay attention or, in a dwell. Let your mind dwell upon something, right? Pay attention and dwell. How about it? And dwell to be right. Okay, put it in the same song, it's fairly important. We'll share it today after this, and we'll share it. Pay attention or dwell. Can you remember that? Please say it with me. Don't be afraid. Let's just say it together. Get it into our minds so that it can be a call back to paying attention to the scriptures. Ready? Pay attention or dwell, and dwell to do well. Okay? Now, a couple reasons why Peter says this is a really, 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 really good idea. You're not going to be sorry if you will pay attention or dwell. And how and why, if you dwell, you'll do well. So here's this reason number one. Pay attention or dwell because this word is supernatural and certain. Yes, we touched on that this evening, but certain. Jesus' first coming fulfilled by some scholars. About 1,500 prophecies in the Old Covenant. First one. And many more to come at the second time. It's certain. Why is it so certain? Why is it even better than, than um, look at verse 16 again? Peter says, hey, I'm not lying. Can you follow Covenant Christ's myth? We're not making stuff new. I witness this. There's something better, verse 19. 
Why is the written word so much better than Peter's own personal experience? Why? Because we know Peter could be preaching, he could change the story a little bit, he could be feeling, he could be old, he could be senile, he could be testimony. Now, what? If he's scripturated, if to the degree that it is, it's like a Peter, we know, oh, that's the word of God now. That's solid. But Peter's saying, yeah, but when you just go off on people's own eyewitness testimony, even if they're apostles, it doesn't mean that what they're saying is scripture. But when it is scripture, and its source is God's Holy Spirit, wow, this is the prophetic word even more simple than someone telling a story about what they experienced with God. Okay, and that's what that means. And you would go on in verse 20 and 21 to back this up and explain it. So verse 20 and 21 no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Stop there for a moment. You go, oh, that's why I got Bible studies in there. Well, what does this first mean for you? That's not explaining all the things. And they're all correct. No, first off, no, they're not all correct. Only one will be correct, or maybe none. Because God doesn't stutter when he says what he means and means what he says. And the scripture is not something to be tortured. And twisted and say, Yeah, but for me, I don't want to get like this. No, he, he does not stutter. He, he says what he means. But that's also not what this word means interpretation in the way it's written. What the Greek literally means unloosing. And so, uh, to find out that thing, no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own unloosing or unleashing. But it's the source, not the explanation. The source is not from a person. Real scripture is not from a man. It is from God. It says it's not from someone's own unleashing, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, um, 66 books. At least 40 different authors over at least, uh, I believe it's, wow, over 1,500 years from Genesis to Revelation. And I'm going to say this not a single area. Not a single area. Historically, scientifically, or even punctuation in the original audience. Not a single area. So, wait, 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 wait. No, it's infallible. It won't be just afraid that these guys didn't study science, so they can't make accurate science. And, 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 and the air is human, and so what God's going to use humans, you know, the air is human, and so mistakes are going to be in there. But the important thing is that, that the mistakes don't matter. Not really. And by the way, the air is not human. The air is fallen. So we are created perfect in God's goodness. Humanity is a reflection of God and his partner with God. And so, in the case of the scriptures, God superseded the sinfulness of these individuals. And what he wrote there was perfect. How do I know this? Well, Jesus said it. Matthew 5 says, Perfect are the from all the law and the prophets. And how do we have the law and the prophets? Genesis through Malachi. He says, do not think that I think the law is done, but fulfilled. Then he says this, 
but tell you the truth, not one iota or dot will pass away from law until that's fulfilled. You know what an iota or a dot is? Those are the most minor and minuscule punctuation marks. The very punctuation marks of the law of the prophets by the Holy Spirit inspired of God. And yes, there can be transcriptional errors that have snuck in over millennia. But know this God being the source, they are inscrutable. They are perfect, elegant, beautiful, and true. Source is God and not man. Now, understand. God really did use the word. You know, the word was like dictation, or is it that they wrote something good called, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put up my stamp on that? There is something much more profound and mystical. The God compares these individuals, moves and spirits, and maybe they don't even know that portion is scripture itself. I don't know. We don't know. Uh, for sure, how all of them experienced this, but we do know this, that it was a partnership that ultimately God is the source of using these individuals, their personalities, their stories, their, their vocabulary. Here's an example, really, really cool. Jeremiah 25, 13. Jeremiah is, is writing these scriptures, and this scripture comes out. And God is speaking in first person, talking about about uh, judgment that is to come, and this is what God says, I will bring upon the land all the words that I have uttered against it. God saying, I'm uttering this. The scriptures, I am uttering this. Everything written in this book, which Jeremiah prophesied against all the nations. And you have a perfect partnership. God says, I'm saying this. By the way, Jeremiah said it. And if you supply that back into the prophetic world made certain or more sure, then that it is supernatural and certain God wants us to know him. God wants to love on us. God wants to protect us. God wants to keep us. To warn us. To transform us. There's no other collection of literature in the entire world. I'm telling you, it's, it's reliable. Second Timothy 3 16, all scripture is, is breathed out by God and is revealed in substance. In substance. It is God in breath. And I said it before, I stole it from a mentor of mine. Not a mentor, but a mentor. God never has bad breath. It's a very living breath of death. That's number one. Number two. Number two. Pay attention or dwell because this word will protect and guide you. So in the first instance, uh, it is the sure word. In this instance, it is the sure word. And this is what it says in verse 19. You have the prophetic word more than they more fully confirmed, which you would be well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in dark place. Two words that is dark. Alphabet sounds heavy, doesn't it? And I shared it Christmas Eve. Squalid dirt and dirt is a description of this world and our journey. 
to the dungeon of life. And they did that with a volatile attorney of Christ and We are in a dark place, y'all. This must be in heaven. It may be our Father's world, but it is touched deeply by the fall and the curse. This is a dark and difficult journey, but we have something called a lamp shining. And the word in the Greek for lamp is a candle or a small oil burning lamp. Small, elegant, yet illuminated. You know, kids just say that, that a, a, a candle can be detected by the by the unaided human eye for only one point six months. Don't believe why it says 10, 20 miles. Single candle can be detected by the unaided human eye 1.6 months. Hey, that's pretty far, right? One candle. I wish it was much brighter. And I think that the picture is this. If we wish that a simple sign in a Super Bowl game is that John 3.16, the whole world would go, Stop! What? And us? Yeah. Oh, we're us, and we're all saying, Let's make the world a holy place. And it's just not the picture of the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. Psalm 119.105, the psalmist David says, Your word is a lamp to my feet. Oh, that's not even 1.6 miles. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's all it is. Powerful and it's sourcing God, but that's how it's described by Psalmist. And then a little bit later in the same Psalm 130, the unfolding of your words. So it doesn't even come all at once in a single verse. You've got to study it. You've got to understand the parts of Jesus and how, how it unfolds out of itself over time in our own understanding, but the unfolding of your words gives life. It imparts understanding to the scriptures. It will guide us in this dark place. But you've got to be near to it. Listen to uh, uh, a more full reading of Second Timothy 3 16 that I mentioned before. All scriptures read out by God, and then watch this. It is profitable. It's good for you. Profitable for teaching, for approval, for correction, for the training in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete for every good work. It's good for you. But can I also tell you this? The mere hearing of the word of God is not a so you must make it your ambition. Beat back the spiritual ADD and obey it. This is what Jesus would say when it's from your mouth. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, so hearing alone will not do it. That's why John 3 16 does not change the world at a Super Bowl, Super Bowl game. There must be a step of obedience. To the word, everyone here who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house. That's an excellent. Built his house on the rock, the rain fell, crushed him, the wind blew, he on the house, didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. Anyone who hears these words, people hear. God's church is full of hearers. And, and North America is filled with. Christians who podcast. Hearing is not the problem in our day and age. But listen, he says, a 
and does not do that. So he is, you know, that's the superstition. So it's all, oh, he couldn't really do that. I mean, come on. Well, we have people watching this. We're human, right? Jesus, you are a human. Thank you for that. You hear them, you don't hear them. You're like a foolish man who doesn't want to understand the rage are going to fall in the same way it did for the wise man. And the floods are going to come. The winds are going to blow and take us that house, but this one's going to fall. And great will be the fall. The brother of Jesus, uh, James, would also say this um, in the first chapter of his little epistle. The same exact principle that's not just hearing or looking, but obeying. He says the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, that's a synonym. Uh, he describes it two ways. It covers all the bases. Yes, it's the law. Yes, it's up and down, black and white, righteous. But don't think that it's religious strangulation. He calls it the law of liberty. It is profitable. It is that to be free. God didn't give his word to suffocate and strangle you. If you'll obey, you'll see it's going to set you free. It's the law of liberty. And if, if you look at it and persevere, we know here for death, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in how many things? In all his gifts. So, Attention as well because we're going to thank you guys for your time. Attention as well that life and holiness will be mine. Or maybe mine or equal life and mine. And not only is it the pure word, not only is it the shining word, but it is also the sanctified word. Life and holiness. This is what I believe it means for the morning star to rise. The day dawn and morning star arise. Can, can we just pick on that title, morning star? Um, this is in Second Peter, even though the title says it in English in Revelation. In Second Peter, morning star is a hot hot for a I didn't just touch it. Fancy words say one time occurrence in the Greek New Testament. Hot hot you know what the word is? You know the word well. Phosphorus. The Jackson kind of makes it a cognitive. You get phosphorus. Oh, that word's so bright. Yep. And it literally means light bringer. The light bringer. The light bringer will rise in your heart. The light bringer, the day dawning and the light bringer coming, is even better than the light shining. In fact, the light shining is to lead you to the day dawning and the light shining. Uh, you know, I said that a single candle can be seen with an eighteen-hour work and yet the, the, the metaphor here that Peter is giving us to do is you'll pay attention to that step of prayer. Still, the day dawns and the light rises. He's compared Jesus to the greatest glory of the sun. Now get this. The sun, our star, 
is almost ninety-three million miles away from the Earth. You know how many candles it takes to equal the radius of the sun? Three octillions. Three octillions. There's hundreds, thousands, millions, billions, trillions. Quadrillions, quintillions, sextillions, septillions, three is octillions. Hey, that's a lot of that. Right? Man, I'm talking to you. So don't, don't go out, even on a cloudy day, stare at the sun. Don't do it. It'll burn your eyeballs out of your skull. So what's Peter getting at here? Jesus. Life, that can give us life and will bring us into holiness. As Jesus, the bright morning star, rises in our hearts, something's changing within him or within us. Jesus himself, through the Holy Spirit, begins to live his life in us. And we begin to become more like him. Jesus is the morning star. First John 1 John 1.5 says this, This message we have heard from him is the faith to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So how bright of a light is he? First Timothy 6.16, he dwells in unapproachable light. Oh, how bright and how hot is that unapproachable light? Hebrews 12.29, for our God is a consuming fire. Ooh, Alex, I don't know if I want that to rise in my heart. That will hook me. No, 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 you want this. You want to lie? It's going to burn off the dark places of your heart that you can't see. He wants to make you happy. He wants to rid us of sin and darkness and ugliness. It's going to keep us. It's light. The light of God. John 1 4, the introduction to John's gospel, we read about three or four times during the Advent season. And it was life, and the life was the light. See how he takes life and life. He wants us. He wants us not out there, and oh, don't look this way, I'm God's too holy, I don't want to be scared of me. No, 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 he wants this. He wants it to rise in your heart. How do you expect him to get things right? And that's why the Apostle Paul is here in Romans 13, 12 and 14. The night is far gone. He's talking to Christians in Rome. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies. And drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sexuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So, how did you go about doing that? Oh, that's hard. I'm still struggling with things. The study things, things that I won't try to teach. How do I do that? Go back to our circle text here and prophetic words made more true. So you will be well to pay attention to 
has to relate to some of his activities. What's our bottom line? Pay attention to God. Dwell on God's word. Pay attention as well. They dwell to Jesus. This is back to Psalm 1. I'm going to have one more verse. It's the same formula, the same principle. We dwell on the scriptures. We take them in. We think about them. We do our very best to come alongside what God wants to work in us and try to walk in obedience. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. You don't want to do that. Look at this. It's not like you know, Solomon. Solomon would say there's a way to seems right for man that leads to death. So you don't sit or, or walk in the house of the wicked or stand in the of sinners. You'll sit in the seat of scoffers. That's the cynic. Cynicism. Scoffers. Mockery. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his life, he meditates. He dwells on it day and night. And what happens to him is like trees planted by streams of water. It yields its fruit in its seeds, and its leaf does not wither, and all he does is prosper. Why? He's blessed. Why is he blessed? Because he is praying. He is paying attention. He is prospering because he is paying attention to the perception. Okay, so Dreamers. Here online, I don't care if you're listening to this later on the podcast. What's your plan for 2022? Well, 2022 is going to be different. I'll tell you why it's going to be different. It's going to be different because of the way you start right now. The final week of 2021. And I can tell you the number one thing that will make it different for you in a good way, the number one thing is to have the morning star rising tomorrow. Be guided by God's holy word and that will not happen. Pay attention. Jesus said this when he was in the desert wilderness down for 40 days of starving. And Lucifer himself kept him. He said, You're hungry. You're only supposed to bread. I know you can do it. Okay. And what did he say? He quoted from Deuteronomy and said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by word. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is to prosper. First off, how many words have the spirit of God's words? Every. So that means that somehow the Leviticus and Numbers is important to you. Yep. Absolutely. In fact, it's coming from Deuteronomy. So it's all the words, and, and it's not like someone else's devotional. Forgive me, I don't want to be a scoffer, but our baby come is not going to have it. You shall not live by the Lord, but every word that comes from the Lord of God. Here's the second question. How often does the human creature need to eat in order to thrive? How often do you need to eat to thrive? At least daily. At least daily. Sure, take a day off. I hear you. Tell me when. I'll join you. That's what you did. But if you don't eat, you're going to die. And I didn't say just to survive it. So here's my guess. What Jesus meant. 
you're going to have to do all of God's works. It's not to approach the can I give you the good news and bring it back to this right here? I couldn't have done this without you. I could not have done this without my wife. I could not have done this without the Lord Jesus Christ. Then do it. He went 80 years. Okay? In the same way, you don't have to do it. The Holy Spirit of God, you trust the Holy Spirit for giving us the Holy Spirit's voice to the you know you're coming in the first place to the Holy Spirit. Secondly, you should not be by the Holy Spirit of God. You should not be by the Holy Spirit of God. You should not be by the Holy Spirit of God. every third Sunday is enough. Come and listen to your Sunday. Why not? You can't believe it. Every Sunday is not going to be enough. Every Sunday and Wednesday is not going to be enough. But if you need it, you can.